Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Streaming in Place. It's week 10, and we are here talking about Lucifer Season 3, Episode 14, My Brother's Keeper. And I will say, I will see what, what you guys think about this one. I was pleasantly surprised. I had forgotten most of this episode. I remembered parts of it, but I had forgotten a lot of it. And all the stuff I had forgotten was my favorite stuff in, stuff in the episode. So it was, I was very pleasantly surprised. I don't know how, but sometimes somehow I forgot the thing that we're starting with. And that is obviously Trixie talk <laughs> and sure. May's training Trixie and an overdue introduction of Trixie and Ella, who are sushi shirt buddies. And it's like in these stressful times, Zoom joke. Uh, that is exactly what we need. And that is Ella and, and Trixie wearing the same shirt and just being adorable. Uh, it was very nice. I really liked a lot of this episode. I'm curious what you guys thought of it. Uh, well, for the Trixie Corner TM, um, I, I think it's actually sort of like the platonic ideal of a Trixie scene. Um, and that it's like, there's a maze Trixie thing and it's very violent. But then there's also cuteness and then there's like self-awareness and also she looks like a very stylish child but not like a like a stylish adult um so i very much enjoyed it it was a great way to kick off the episode i wish we had seen a little bit more of it um it would have obviously been very traumatic for the tiny child to be there when that knife just came out of nowhere um but it but it would have been a pretty good sight gag if it was both of them um so that's i guess my head cannon is there's a world in which that would not traumatize Trixie and she could be there for the knife throwing. What about you, Noel? <laughs> well, I, I, I am trying to suss out if Trixie looks like a stylish child, but not a stylish adult. What does that make Ella since she's wearing kind of the same outfit? It makes her Ella. <laughs> it makes her Ella. You <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. I was just like, wait, there are, there are weird layers because they're wearing the same shirt here. I was um, mostly thinking about her boots, which I w- also would wear. Yeah, sure. But, but she doesn't look like a grown-up's idea of what a stylish child looks like. Yeah, no, she very much looks like a child. The entire thing is really, really good. It's very sweet, and I loved it very much. Um, I love that Trixie is able to absorb anyone immediately and be like you are my best friend (laughs) and we are now best friends i don't care if you don't agree with me i don't care if you're (laughs) you're my best friend i don't care if you're not mine um kind of deal um and lucifer's even willing to give her a driving lesson so she's wearing him down a little bit (laughs) he's coming to monopoly game night um so i think of there's just she's just this warm center of things that makes me very very happy so watching her get trained in how to vivisect someone (laughs) with paper mache demon blades because maze is a responsible babysitter who does not give her ward actual blades until she is ready (laughs) um it's just it's very good and it just makes me very happy and i it's all like it's kind of all I want to talk about in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's yes. It's Apart not from giving... like the other thing that I want to talk about in this episode, but yeah, yeah. 
I think I know where you're going with that. And yeah. Um, and, and I think, yes, it's that she's not going to give her, like, this is her student, right? This is, this is right. the, the young grasshopper. She's not going to give her something she's not ready for or she hasn't earned. Yes. But I also think a not insignificant part of it is not having to deal with Chloe when, <laughs> when yes. Trixie yes. has like destroyed like the third couch, um, like by accident and it's just too adorable to, to, Get to punish um so, yeah and what was the line i'm having trouble recalling it right now but it was something like take out the achilles if they can't if you take out the achilles they can't leave you yes they or no they can't betray you they can't betray something you along, something along those lines and i just went yes and then in the back of my brain i just went maybe that's how we kill Cain. we have to take out the achilles first what if he <laughs> wasn't achilles <gasps> <laughs> But you just need, not so that they can't get away, not so they can't run, so they can't betray you. Yeah. It's just very, uh, it's very on brand. It's very maze. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, that kind of takes us into the main topic of the of the show. But before we get there, I actually want to pivot over briefly. My guess for your other scene you want to talk about is this the Dr. Linda corner? Because there was some good Dr. Linda stuff here, too, I thought. I actually just want to talk about the big Kane and Amedadil fight. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous yeah yeah no that's kind of that, that that and Trixie's kind of all I want to discuss but no <laughs> let's talk about Dr. Linda and the show remembering her trauma and remembering that she's traumatized and also remembering it's been a real bad like few months for Linda <laughs> and I appreciate that because they should <laughs> it'd be disingenuous not to remember that She's been stabbed. Her ex-husband's died under weird circumstances. Um, just a number of bad things have happened to her. Yeah. People keep thinking she's a medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and she uh, was a, was almost suspended, almost lost her license shortly before right. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Kina says Linda's had a rough time, y'all. She's dealing with a lot. And, yeah, I, I really like, because I actually, when I was watching this, my, my mom, um, I was watching this with my parents, and when they... When Dr. Linda was like, you need to leave. And I was like, I feel like that's out of character for Dr. Linda. And I'm like, she was like gutted. She almost died. Yeah, I mean, like she'll, she'll get there. I mean, I couldn't say this, but cause like she'll get there by the end of the episode. Be patient. She needs a moment. <laughs> yeah. You know what I appreciated about that was Linda's reaction was to- obviously totally understandable, even if it feels out of character because of, because it, is perfectly in character for this one scenario and almost no other, mm-hmm. right? Like it makes sense exactly in this circumstance if that person walks in. It makes sense why that person would walk in, right? Like the second she was there, I was like, oh God, Lucifer referred Charlotte Richards to Dr. Linda. Oh my God, right before they even said anything. Um, but what I, the thing I liked most about it, uh, other than Linda pricking Charlotte with the pin or the tack or whatever, just to be sure, um, was that it was sort of a perfect Lucifer moment and that it never occurred to him that this would be traumatic, but also it never occurred to him that she wouldn't want to help, right? At both thoughtless and an indication of exactly how highly he thinks of her as a person. So I, I was sort of like a perfect cocktail of wow, you insensitive dick slash you perfect angel. Like <laughs> you treasured muffin slash you human garbage, like both of those things at once, um, which I very much enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Keenan says when it opened on Charlotte and Linda, I was like, is Linda the only therapist in LA? And then they explained Lucifer for her, which is another example of Lucifer is not thoughtful. And yes, right. but um, also just a, a slight note. I like that the show 
either the show is learning from itself or just speaks to Lucifer being a drama queen versus Linda. Well, it was Lucifer's let's test whether my I am vulnerable or an invulnerable by by cutting my arm next to it like a significant vein. And Linda's like, let's test by pricking you with a with a needle on your finger. Which works too. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, I, so I enjoyed that little that little bit. But yeah, it's just it, it would be out of character if she didn't um, co- try to come around. And I also because in my head she could have just walked in, which is possible. But it also, like you'd think if then that moment would have been when she like opened the door. You know, like how did how did she get back to the chair? So in my head. That could have happened, but it also could have just been that she was like, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this. Okay. And then she gets there and she just can't, Um, which I think is, makes complete sense. And it's again, a reminder of everything that she's been dealing with. And uh, it would be too, it would be too much if she didn't have these moments. And I think too much, too much of the audience would have forgotten because she's fine now and we're glad that she's fine now and we want her to be okay. So too many, too like big a percentage of the audience would have like just not engaged with that part of what she was dealing with if they didn't underscore it. And I thought both actors were really good. I liked how helper was playing just how like Linda can't explain what, why she feels that way. She's just not ready to, you know, also you nearly killed me. The only reason I didn't die was because of Menadil stop time. Um, miraculously um she can't get into all that and so of course charlotte thinks it's because of all of her baggage and you know Maze was just smelling (laughs) hell on her and everything um so i thought the way that they handled all that was actually really nice and i'm so excited for charlotte i'm very happy for charlotte she needs help and linda should be able to help her i mean in real life obviously the story would be that linda says, hey, I'm sorry that I reacted the way that I did. Obviously, you sh- you can and should get help. You deserve help. Uh, you are not beyond help. Let me give you a referral <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to like a, a person I trust um, because I am not the appropriate person to treat you as our earlier interaction proves. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it was it was very nice. And I like the idea that Linda thinks that it's also going to be helpful for her. And I hope that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also... Charlotte, I don't accept your state state provided insurance because <laughs> I'm a private therapist in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, the insurance you get from the DA, it's I don't accept it. Yeah, Sorry. I don't accept that. Sorry. Sorry. You could you sell know- that thing you got from the Polish ambassador if you want, and then you'll have the money to pay me. But- a session. But yeah, a cause, session. Because what are her rates? Because I. I just, I want to know, because I don't have I any problems. <laughs> I hope that someday it becomes widely known mm-hmm. that uh, Lucifer is, in fact, the actual devil, so that mm-hmm. Linda can market herself as personal therapist to the devil, yeah. uh, because that seems like that would be a great way to attract new business. It would, yeah. <laughs> it would. That's a good idea. Also scary people, though. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about that fight, because it was yeah. ridiculous, and and. <laughs> It just, it was like, and again, it was like, if you're, okay, so this is what we're going to do with Pierce. If it's going to be campy, passive aggressive, bitchy, like that's, that, that's much more interesting and fun. So I, yeah. I, the, I had two thoughts. 
one, I'm enjoying this, even though it's ridiculous. And two, really, who, like, do they have a glass guy on speed dial for all the damage they keep doing to Lux? <laughs> he has to. He has to. There's, I was just like, and also just like their booze wholesaler has oh, to just yeah. be mm-hmm. the most happiest booze wholesaler in the world of, oh, your entire stock of alcohol got destroyed again. I'm not going to ask any questions. Here's a 20% markup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lux, the number one client for um, their piano tuner, their yes. uh, booze vendor, the wherever they get their chairs, mm-hmm. um, uh, fancy looking twinkly light bulbs, yeah. all top tier. And um, I guess like through whatever service they hire their bartenders because nobody but Maze seems to stick around and also Maze isn't there anymore either. So yeah. wherever they get their bartenders. And one of one of their bartenders is also a drug dealer. Yeah, they're so they're <laughs> um I also really enjoyed this fight. It was um uh like enjoyably dumb, which I think <laughs> is maybe the secret to finding a way to lock into this Kane storyline because mm-hmm. there was like just enough angst. There was just enough twistiness, but really it was just two giant pairs of shoulders throwing each other mm-hmm. around a set ad nauseum. Like it was very, they were Keenan says they're both so large. And that's what I kept thinking. I was like, these are giant men <laughs> and they're just hitting each other in a fancy nightclub. And when he got impaled on that spike, Dear Lord, first of all, why are there spikes? That seems dangerous. Someone is going to dance on a piano and fall on a spike and it's going to be very bad. They're going to call Linda for medical advice. She's going to be incredibly overwhelmed and traumatized. Um, So who knows? Regardless, it was very fun and entertaining. Um, And I liked both the scenes scenes i guess you know fight montage for what it was and the way that it stood um in juxtaposition to the ellen may storyline like i think that i didn't not everything in this episode worked for me but it was um well structured in a way i don't usually think of lucifer episodes as being well structured and that it was three pairings that we hadn't really seen before and in two cases there was a hey there's a brother thing um and like a new understanding and all of that stuff like it was really very well structured yeah and uh Keenan says, huge men flinging each other through the air. The weirdest fight. Why are there spikes? Exactly. Marcus says, such conveniently placed spikes for their fight. Very convenient spikes. I want to know if this is a remodel or if this is a thing they keep. Like, like, what, what do they get rid of that when, when he's got to close down <laughs> again to revamp everything? Or, you know, maybe take a pass with that one. And I think the thing I, I key into most, Allison, about what you were saying is that it's dumb. Because so both dumb. of these people are dumb. Amenadiel can be very insightful and very wise. And he can also be really fucking stupid. And so like, it's just like, you can, you can just imagine Dr. Linda or, or even Lucifer just being like, guys, would you just, you're being idiots. You're being so like, just use your words. It's gonna, are you gonna re-carpenter all of this? Are you gonna rebuild? No. (laughs) And, uh, and it's just, they, they do not communicate well, either of them. So it makes complete sense that this yeah. is how they talk to each I other. I think that that Pierce has a bit of an excuse in that he is obviously so bored 
that like, man, I haven't fought an angel in a couple of millennia. I think this could be entertaining for an hour or two or three. I have absolutely no idea how long they were at that, but it seems like a really long time. Um, uh, also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a police officer as my cover. I'm just going to bring this weapon into this bar and fire it directly into the air. That seems like a laugh. Um, very messed up. Anyway, uh, I feel like he's got more of an excuse than Amenadiel, who is an especially dumb puppy this season. I was, as I was watching this episode, I was trying to figure out what exactly it is that bugs me about Amenadiel this season. And it's just previously he had shown at least a little bit more emotional complexity, whereas here he latched onto this thing about his dad. And now it's just like, but dad said nonstop, um, which is, either sort of brilliant in making that character suddenly pretty off-putting when he was my precious lamb before um or incredibly obnoxious and before i throw it over to noel i want to steal his game in saying that i think that tom willing was actually pretty solid this episode no stop taking my sorry (laughs) i have one thing on this podcast and that's lightly defending tom welling while the two of you look at me like i'm a lunatic have one thing on this one thing on this whole podcast um no he's very good in this um because again they're just writing to that they're finding layers of that boredom and like how he's just he's tired he's bored and like you say allison it's just like oh i can fight something and kind of not really worry about holding back because he knows what i am and he knows who i am so i can just keep punching this guy in the face <laughs> but it's also really good that like Amenadiel doesn't get hurt enough to like be in any state of disrepair since he can't repair um well but also because he's still an angel he might not have all his powers but he's an angel and Kane is a man a person who's trained for millennia or whatever so like he amazing fighter yes but still a man and yeah. uh so like he shouldn't like obviously Amenadiel wins this this is a zombies rule zombie rule situation right where it's just he's just going to keep coming and that's that's his defense i will say that also i think Amenadiel also gets to not hold back because remember humans right. like angels aren't allowed to kill humans so every time you see them fighting he's I, in my brain, at least, he's tempering himself a la Superman to make sure he doesn't accidentally kill someone. He does kill Kane, though, with the gun. Like, Kane, like, dies and comes back. But, yeah, I understand the the loophole that he's exploiting, which is a very Lucifer thing for Amenadiel to do. So, you know, maybe the next time Amenadiel gets all high and mighty about finding the loopholes in God's will, you just remember that you killed a man. Sure, the first murderer, but you still killed a man. Many Um, times. (laughs) Yeah, many times. Oh, man. But it is very stupid. But like Allison said, I think the the ways in which this episode is structured to give, like, A, those really good pairings, but B, pairings that all sort of have some sort of thematic resonance to one another is just really tight. Even if the procedural, I think, is generally kind of weak. Um, Everything worked really well together. Uh, So... I was just very happy with it. And yes, no, just two huge dudes just (laughs) fighting each other. The only way it could have been better if they were like fighting on like a hot fuzz-esque town model. And that that would have been the only thing that would have made it better. See, my upgrade would have been make the floor exactly the same, but instead the floors are trampolines. (laughs) Also good. Also very good. My upgrade. Oh, that would have been good too. 
Hey, Pierce, have you ever died by give, getting, like, impaled on a trampoline spring? No. Let's try that. <laughs> Imagine he's impaled on the spike, and the spike is bouncing on the trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> you want to curse me? Who would probably enjoy getting in on all this is also Maze. Just the possibility. Mm-hmm. But you mean, like, wait, wait, but he can't actually die? <laughs> possibility. Yes, somebody call Maze. She's bored. <laughs> She's so bored. Let her in on this. That takes us to the rest of the episode, which is the case of the week. Um, what did you guys think about more time with Ella and Maze versus the case of the week and how that all intersected? Were they like the same for you or was it like, I like this, I didn't like that? I think like the Ella and Maze interactions were actually really, really good. Um, so I really like that whole vibe because they both have a very sort of, I want to say kind of similar disconnect from like social cues to a certain degree they just express that in very different ends of that spectrum which i find really kind of um fun so watching that collide i think works really really well um and also it forces weirdly ella to sort of be the straight person in the dialogue um for the comedic stuff which is normally not how ella gets played so that little pivot for um amy garcia i think works really really well from an acting perspective um so i really really liked all of that interplay even if again the stuff with her brother the stuff where i went oh it's ray valentine <laughs> well this is a bad news bears for everyone because it's obviously him and then it was him and then also it was edward kerr because also, it was Edward Kerr. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like at some point we should do like a watch where we um, all watch together on Zoom or something so that when and oh, Kate, sadly idea. you wouldn't be able to participate. Although I guess in season five you could where we watch and we see who can correctly identify the killer fastest. So like a notable guest star shows up and it's just who goes it's him first. <laughs> right. It's not about figuring it out. It's just who can speak the fastest. Um, You know, I really liked the team up. I was distracted by uh, I guess like. Uh, I'm, I don't have my IMDb open, but the guy who played Ella's brother, um, I, I don't know if it's just that that character was underwritten or if there was some sort of disconnect, but I I had a difficult time keying into that relationship at all. Um, and then, you know, on top of everything, screw that guy. He's the worst. Like that brother, not good. Um, I'm glad that Lucifer gave him a talking to. Uh, and I want to talk about Lucifer's eyes before we totally move yes. away. Um but I really enjoyed watching Maze and Ella together. I enjoyed uh, Chloe and Dan trying to figure out what Ella would do um, and sort of instantly knowing that she was lying. I thought all of that was really fun. Um, and while, you know, in my heart, because we love Maze, we know that Maze is a cuddly demon, um, knew that somehow she would end up helping Ella. It was still very satisfying to see that knife just come out of nowhere. Um, and of course, for Chloe to be like, I I know it was Maze. I live with her. I, I recognize I've seen the that specific knife. knife. She eats Come popcorn on. with that knife. Like I'm familiar. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Um, Marcus says I was amused by the frequent uses of the full name J Lopez. And yeah, you, you, there are just some of those people that you have in your life at various points, right? Where you just 
always refer to them by their full name. Um, and so I was, I was good with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I like, I, I like this continuing like exploration over time of Ella's family. Um, I hope we get more of it, but I think it also like with, because she's a, a forensics tech, right. And a, a police officer, it's too easy for the stuff with her family. Like I used to steal cars or whatever that stuff to feel like it's there just to be quirky and just to be ridiculous and doesn't actually track with what someone's career would be if, you know, like what their background would be going into the police, uh, police force. Um, but having like, okay. And then this is her sketchy brother who definitely runs a chop shop. And this is her brother. Who's a diamond authenticator. Who's definitely working for like international, you know, like diamond dealers doing shady stuff. Like for me, it makes it make more sense rather than less. Um, and I thought that the, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought that that, dynamic worked and I, I was just grateful to spend more time with Ella and for her to feel more like the Ella from season two. And I think that's because like you were saying, you guys were saying that the, um, because she was with Maze, she couldn't be the quirky one. She had to be, you know, because of the storyline, she had to be the more straight laced and focused one. And that got rid of some of the, the things that they've been saddling Amy Garcia with this season that do not feel like Ella. Yeah, agreed. So, let's talk about Lucifer, because that was like it was like welcome back. That that scene at the end with Jay. Yeah, so that was just like a little teeny tiny bitty touch of Devil Face. Yes, just like a little like in the. I'm sorry, I'm I'm gesturing with my fingers in front of my eyes in a gesture that doesn't make sense. Sorry, listeners. Like it was just a little thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was little enough that like I had to rewind it because of the lighting in that scene made me go, wait, is, are we just getting a fireplace sort of reflection on those yeah. big, beautiful eyes? Well, I mean, I'll just keep working backwards and watching those eyes over and over again. And that's <laughs> fine. I'm okay with that. But I was also like, but wait, that, was that something? Or am I stroking out as well? Because I'm just very tired. <laughs> and dazzled um, by those eyes. Yeah. It, it's so many. It could be so many things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm 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 pleased that something's happening. Um and I'm curious as to if Allison has a theory locked and loaded as to why they're flickering. So that she can be called weld or called ish. <laughs> yeah, or- I need to I'm I'm out of luck here i've got mm-hmm. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't called well in a while um and that you know that last called ish feels like a long time ago um everything feels like a long time ago. i don't know maybe because maybe because it's an act that isn't about lucifer at all sure right okay. like lucifer cannot benefit from threatening that dude so th- using your powers of being a terrifying devil for good and not ill, maybe? No, I got nothing. I guess that's my guess. It's it's not going to be right. What about you, Noel? Do you already know? No, I don't know. Like, I, I know nothing in terms of, like, regarding his face and powers and wings and um, everything. Like, I don't know anything about that part. The extent of what I know we've run into already, aside from the episode that everyone thought yesterday's this one was. episode was going to be. That this one was. Yeah. 
I know, I know what, what that is. Yeah. Um, that's coming later this week. Right. So I know what that is, but I that's that's it. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Aside mm-hmm. from a very extended cocaine insomnia joke that I don't know if that's this season or not, but God, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> that is later this season. It's very good. Yes. Yeah. Great. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. Yeah, I'm also very excited about that. Um, anyways, um, yes, there is uh, – I, th- I thought that scene was the way they shot it was handled really well. I thought it was really effective. I really liked the performances. Um, I liked the explanations that Jay had for himself and also how bullshit they were. And I just, I thought it just was handled very well. The fact that you, that you had to kind of like go back and rewatch to, did I actually catch that? I thought the timing, the effect, everything spot on exactly the right way to do that. And um, I won't confirm or deny but i will say that we around his face and his powers and what's going on with that there is an answer and it is i think a very interesting one that we get this season so answers are coming just not immediately great and that's okay like we still have like what seven eight episodes to go there's 26. Like this oh, there's 26. Okay, and there, so and never mind. two of them are the, the last two are like no man's separate. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, there's another 10 of the main storyline and then there's an extra okay. two. Yeah. So anyways, well, if anybody in the chat has, has parts of this episode, they wanted to shout out or, or mention, go ahead and drop them in. Um, otherwise that will wrap up our conversation about my brother's keeper tomorrow. We'll be back to talk about high school poppycock, which is episode 15. Uh, ideas. I just, I've, it's either some sort of like discussion, um, about Maze, Amenadiel, and Linda, and Lucifer just being over it. Mm-hmm. Um, as like, this is some high school poppycock, because I can just hear Tom Ellis saying the word poppycock, and my brain just is happy about that. Mm. Um, but that's my guess is that it deals with like that to a certain degree, because otherwise it doesn't. It, I can't think of anything else it could be about. So that's my guess. Okay. Mm, my guess, we haven't done a, we have to go to the high school reunion of a character we know and love episode yet. Um, oh, we haven't. So Have we? I'm going to guess that they go to, I mean, Chloe's high school reunion would be the obvious one, but Dan's high school reunion would be the funny one. Yes. Yes, it would. Um, although Linda's would also be pretty funny. Yeah. But I'm, I think I'm going to say Dan's for some reason they have to go to Dan's high school reunion to like solve a crime or something. Okay. And then Dan, and then we find out either that Dan was like prom king or he was a total dweeb. He was definitely like theater tech. What you missed well, you were popular. <laughs> I say that with love. I like theater tech kids. I was a theater tech kid. Me too, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I look forward to our conversation tomorrow. And yes, I will not say anything else, even though I want to say things, but I won't because we'll say it tomorrow. So on that note, thank everyone who's been hanging out in the Zoom, which today is, is Keenan and Marcus and Scotty. Um, and thank you guys for listening. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Bye.
I summer robes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> this is all staying in, and no one is listening. We'll have any of the context, and it's just great. Yeah. Summer robes. <laughs> you, I feel like Noel. I think you might have just made Keenan's day. Um. Ah, <laughs> oh, good times. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm glad I could help. 